Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Will, and I am very excited today to have Sophia Wu on the phone. Uh, Sophia's in Raleigh, North Carolina, and she's the co-owner of Mofu Shop, and this place is just badass, and uh, Sophia's real kind to take some time to talk to us today. Um, she started it um, with her partner, Sonny, several years ago. They actually won... Um, uh, a TV show or food truck show and um, has a really cool story. So I want to hear all about that, Sophia. So, uh, well, thank you, first of all, for taking the time to do this today. Absolutely. Thank you for having us. So tell me the backstory about you guys being on that show and winning and like, how did that all, how did that all go down? <laughs> well, so um, I always tell a story starting off with, I had a, a full on quarter life crisis back in 2013, decided I didn't want to be doing what I was doing before. Uh, my prior life, I was uh, an accountant, an auditor, more specifically. I worked for one of the big four accounting firms, and you know, it just no one's ever really happy to see the auditor come around. Oh um, wow, that's what you were doing before. <laughs> that, that's a huge. That's what I was doing before. Yeah, massive yeah. change. Actually, um, was a biomedical engineer, and sort of on her way starting in the industry when. You know, like I said, I, I had my crisis because I didn't want to be doing what I was doing anymore, um, but had no other skills to speak of other than the fact that in my free time, I was doing a lot of cooking because it was something that was comforting to me. And I watched my mother and grandmother cook growing up. Um, and it was, it was like right at the start of that food truck craze. And, uh, you know, Sunny, Sunny's that one friend of mine that always says yes. And you you kind of always need that one friend around who, no matter what, you know, crazy idea you come up with, you're like, yeah, yeah, that's probably a great idea. Let's do it. So... I convinced her to start the food truck with me. We uh, actually built it ourselves in the uh, the winter between 2013 and 2014. Found the truck on Craigslist, watched a lot of YouTube videos, um, had friends help us on the weekends in between because uh, we were both still working at the time. So just working on it on the weekends uh, in the middle of the winter when it was really cold, putting it together, not knowing anything that we were doing. Um, I, I would not advise starting a food truck that way, by the way, I will <laughs> go ahead and that's, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, just uh, learned a lot along the way as well. Um, but our very first event with a food truck, we finally, you know, quit our full-time job, started the food truck was spring of 2014 was actually Brugaloo here in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, which is, you know, an eight hour long North Carolina craft beer festival, uh, sort of just jumped in the fire with, uh, with that very first event. Um, and, you know, just had, had a really great time with it. Uh, you know, the first year of business was really difficult. I think first year of any business is difficult, but especially uh, if you talk to anyone who's ever worked on a food truck or owned a food truck, they'll tell you that, you know, anything that can happen will definitely happen because, you know, the trucks oftentimes are either bread trucks or old, like, chip trucks, you know, free to lay trucks. They're not used to all that weight that you end up putting on them. Hmm. Um, and all the cooking equipment that you're going to put on a food truck is used to being in a stationary kitchen. It is not used to the kind of wear and tear of moving, you know, every single day, every single um, service that you're you're going to do. So, you know, that, that first year we went through, well, in the first 18 months, we went through three engines. Um, our water three tank engines? fell off the bottom of the truck. Three engines, I oh know. It's crazy. <laughs> The water tank fell off the bottom of the truck two different times and we dragged it on the highway uh, before realizing that, that that's what had happened. Um, and then uh, I'll never forget the very first 
hard freeze of that first winter, uh, Sonny and I forgot about the laws of physics and that you have to drain all of your water pipes because water will expand when it freezes. And we busted every water pipe in the truck and had to replumb everything. Uh, but, you know, the upside of that is that I actually understand how to plump myself now, which is a fantastic life life skill to have. Um <laughs> But just, you know, that, that first year figuring everything out, Sonny and I definitely almost quit just multiple times. You know, I remember sitting by the side of the road waiting for the tow truck to come and Sonny just looking at me and being like, I don't know if we're cut out for this. Like, this is, how, how are we supposed to do this? It's just challenge after challenge after challenge, you know, that first year. Uh, but we, we persevered and kind of, you know, day to day made it through, um, and then right at just about the end of the first year, Food Network cold called us. Um, I actually hung up on them. I, I didn't think it was actually Food Network calling me. I was like, There's, this is totally a prank call. Oh, that's um, hilarious. That maybe, isn't that ridiculous? Like, now thinking back on it, I was like, I can't believe I hung up on Food Network. <laughs> well, how did, they, um, how did they find you? Like, what? It was a cold call. I think they were looking around on the East Coast for a truck because they, they had already booked um, for the season some trucks around the country but they were looking up and down the east coast and i think they were specifically looking in this area because there are so many food trucks around so many fantastic uh, options around because eventually in talking to our other food truck friends uh, we we found out that you know other people had had been in talks with food network as well um but i called them back and uh sunny made me call them back and they they invited us to to be on season six of the great food truck race with tyler florence um, okay, and, so uh, this is uh, this is 2015. 2015. Okay, yeah, got it. 2015. Right. Um, and uh, you know, I just remember one Monday after we had gone through you know a couple of phone interviews, a Skype interview, filled out a ton of paperwork, and, and you know basically signed a bunch of uh, very very long contracts. They called us on a Monday. And they said, "So we can't officially tell you that you're on the show." but we're coming to get your truck on Monday. And it was like, oh, oh, okay. Or they called <laughs> on a Monday, they told us we were coming, they were coming to get the truck on Friday. Um, so the season that we did uh, was a little different in that they had trucks that had uh, already established businesses. So oftentimes they do um, you know, amateur teams who have never done a food truck before. I think it adds to the drama. But for whatever reason, the season, you know, they, they wanted uh, veteran food truckers, so to speak. So they came and they actually flatbedded our truck out to California so that we could start, you know, with, with our truck um, and the logo and, and all that good stuff. Um, and uh, so, you know, originally we had always sold dumplings and pho was the, you know, uh, our theme on the truck. And so tongue in cheek, the original name of the food truck was the dump fucking truck. In an effort <laughs> to make sure, of course, that you're saying fa correctly. <laughs> um, but Food Network, you know, fortunately did, did did say that they would not, you know, they were like, we love you guys, but we can't let you on the show with that name. You've got to change the name, you know, for the purposes of the show. So we went back and forth and eventually ended up on a phone, a little dumpling truck uh, for the purposes of the show with the, the thought that we would always change back to our original name because, you know, it was beloved and, um, our, our fans always got a kick out of it too. Uh, that's what we were known as, you know, in, in the area. But um, 
we ended up winning season six of the great food truck race with that name. So we decided to keep the name when we came back. Uh, although your credit card still got charged under the name because we just filed a DBA, but the LLC was still the original LLC. Love it. Um, so that was, that was, it was a lot of fun. It's a reality TV is a very surreal sort of experience. Um, Highly recommended if you would like no control of your life whatsoever oh my for gosh. about uh, <laughs> five to six weeks, you know. Um, but anyway, came back from the show, had a had a great time, just ran the truck really hard for about two years, all the while uh, in our free time, sort of looking for a permanent brick and mortar spot. Um, and we we finally were, were lucky enough to end up in a City Market right down the street from um, oh, uh, some great restaurants around as well uh right on south blunt street and what's cool about our location actually is that all of city market where uh, the little square that we're in is historic including the building that we're in um and so back in the day where we are right now it used to be a ford car dealership so it's got these great big garage doors that, oh uh, i've seen it that's what that's from okay i was wondering where yeah. y'all got that. okay that's really cool it, it, it worked out really nicely because uh, not having to install garage doors was fantastic for the, uh, you know, <laughs> the ultimate budget. Um, and they're, they're just so, so fun and cool. And we don't have that much outdoor seating, unfortunately, in our location. So having those garage doors gives us a little, you know, indoor-outdoor feel, um, at least on one side of the restaurant. So just got, got really lucky with the location. And, uh, you know, the, the industry in our area is just exploding right now. We're just so excited to be part of it during a super dynamic time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, particularly folks that, you know, that are listening that, that don't know the Raleigh area. I mean, um, there are so many great independent restaurants in Raleigh and just so many awesome people like Sophia that are doing just, creative stuff i mean it's just it's killer it's incredible um okay so you st- y'all open when in summer of spring summer of 17 is that like a, a little over a year ago is that right right yeah just over a year ago so it was uh august of 2017 was when we officially opened you know of course we had a a, a soft opening before that at friends and family even before our soft opening but our official grand opening just passed a little over a year ago right now Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, congrats on that. Now, do you, so tell me about, um, and you have a, um, you and Sonny have a partner, Matthew Kenner. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, when we found the location, um, we had been in talks at a couple different locations that were a little bit smaller, but this one just, I think fit our aesthetic and our, um, our vision. But, uh, we knew that we wanted a partner to help us with the bar and uh, a little bit of a, of a cash infusion as well. So uh, Matt owns a couple other bars in the area and now a restaurant as well. Uh, but Mopu was his sort of for, first foray into the into the restaurant world and the, the food world. Um, he's since opened a, uh, it's called Southern Chard, which is a, a barbecue restaurant on Glenwood near his other locations. Uh, and he's got, a, he's got a bar on Fayetteville Street Anchor Bar as well. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so we'll, we'll talk about that. So talk when you so you're going from the food truck to the um, to I mean this is a this is a big transition. And so you find Matt you, uh, to help with some some cash. I mean, did you guys do y'all get other investors or how did you raise the money to get this thing going? So uh, Sunny and I um, both were lucky enough to get uh, uh, loans from our family. 
Okay. And then um, with the, the cash infusion and the, the added investment um, partnership with Matt, uh, we were able to open the restaurant. Okay, good Without deal. any any other debt or, or um, investors, yeah. Well, that's good. Having that outside debt's a great thing. Mm-hmm. That's real helpful, um, especially early on to not have that debt service um, hanging over you. So, okay, well then, <laughs> you, um, and did you, I mean, tell me about the concept. Like, how do you go from food truck to this <laughs> physical location, and what were you wanting to, like, what was the, what was the uh, story for most Mofu Shop, and how did you, how did you kind of project out, like, what was going to happen? Or what you Absolutely. hope would um, you know, Sonny and I are very different and we always joke that we're like exact opposites of each other. And the only thing that we usually have in common is like, you know, the ultimate vision and just very different ways of tackling it. Um, but one of the things that, that Sonny has, has definitely taught me is that, uh, say yes, and, you know, crazy, wonderful things can happen when you, when you say yes, including, you know, uh, a reality TV show and, and a restaurant. So um, in some ways, I think that we were not really aware of what was going to happen and what owning a full service, um, I wouldn't call it fine dining, but sort of uh, fine casual or, or fast fine, whatever you'd like, um, that it's a very different world than a food truck. You know, the, the steps of service are completely different. Um you know, what you need to be aware of is, is completely different. Your your touch point with a customer is so short in a food truck that it's all about, um, you know, short, impactful, meaningful relationships and uh, and experiences. Um, you know, it's the, the saying hi when someone walks up, knowing their name, knowing their, their order, you know, th- those kinds of things. Um, but in, in a restaurant, it's... Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot of people just walking into the restaurant not knowing who Sonny and I are, um, not not knowing any of our backstory, and they're interested in, in the full experience of the moment they walk in the door, what does it feel like, how am I going to be taken care of, what's the food going to be like, um, are the servers, uh, you know, knowledgeable on, on the food. So it, it was definitely both logistically and concept-wise um, a big change. The thing that has stayed the same and, uh, you know, theory in terms of the food is that, you know, Sonny and I, we, we joked that the restaurant and the food truck actually were uh, like authentically Asian American, whatever that means. Hmm. You know, Sonny and I both um, feel very, very fortunate that we grew up with, uh, you know, feet planted very firmly in two different cultures, both the American culture and, you know, um, both of our families are from Taiwan. So being able to see and identify with both cultures, I think, has created um, our theory when it comes to food in, in that it should be fun, it should be interesting, it can have hints of, you know, all different types of cultures in it. Um, you know, we're, we're sort of pan-Asian, we don't stay in any one region, and we certainly don't purport to be authentic in any way other than, uh, you know, we, we have a good time with it. It's always going to taste good, and it's always going to have a story to tell in that it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Here are all the things that we enjoy. You know, food is such a unintimidating way to start learning about a, about a new culture, um, about a new, you know, way of thinking that, uh, you know, Sonny and I always say that when you come and have a meal with us, it's like 
we're going to take your hand and we're going to go on this journey, but we're going to be with you the whole time. And, you know, don't be nervous about it. Don't be scared about it. It might be something new. It might be something different, but you're also going to have something that's familiar that you can hold on to as well. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, well, so God, I mean, you you have such an interesting story coming from <laughs> being in accounting and now that the kind of place you have, um, what if you, and, and then, you know, from food truck to this, I mean, food truck, it's you and Sonny and you're doing your thing, but yep. now you've got a team of yep. people and I know you've had an mm-hmm. interesting week. Like, tell me what you've learned about, um, things that, you know, you're, you've, you've kind of had to learn, um, uh, from, from having a, an actual physical location and having a team of people that you're there to yeah. lead and inspire and to, to teach and to grow with what, what's, what's come of that? Absolutely. So, you know, the the nice thing about, um, I guess, going from a food truck that is constantly having issues to a brick and mortar is that um, at least logistically, like the physical aspect of, you know, machinery and, and location and all that, uh, Sonny and I were very, uh, uh, I guess, well-versed in terms of problem solving when it came to, like, physical issues and, and, and you know, demands and, and fixing things and, and things like that, picking on our feet. So that part of the transition was, was less of an issue. It was just magnified, I guess you, you could say, you know, um, different issues that we were dealing with, uh, you know, versus on the truck when you have a water pump, now you've got a water heater and, like, sinks and, and things like that and, and you yeah. know, the normal things that can go wrong. Um but yeah, absolutely. The the managing and having a staff part is very different. That that's been the biggest transition. Because like you said, you know, on a food truck, we had at max, you know, three other people working on the truck with us, and it's you know a tiny space, and you can sort of see and control, and um, you're the ones providing service, right? Like Sunny would generally take orders, say hi to people, uh, and. Uh, Generally, I was the one getting food out to people, calling people's names, and eventually handing them the food. So you, you sort of, in one um, trip to the truck, you would always see Sunny, and you would always see me, and we always got to say hi and take care of everybody. Uh, you know, the restaurant's very different in that at any time I have between 20 to 30 people on staff, hmm. um, you know, part-time, front of house, back of house. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very different. That was the biggest thing that Sonny and I had to learn was managing people, doing a schedule, um, trying to keep, uh, you know, sort of everyone happy and, um, uh, think about everyone's well-being all at the same time. But, you know, the biggest thing that we've learned is, you know, probably something that, that was, that's very, um, intuitive to someone who's been in the service for a long time, but it's staff comes first. Like that is absolutely our number one priority because if we can take care of them if we can teach them if we can mentor them um and give them all the tools that they need they're going to be the ones who can take care of our customers the best um and make sure that that everyone who walks in the door has a great experience um and you know having the back of house be happy like the food just tastes better service runs better uh you know and and having back of house and front of house happy and working as a team, that's always something that we, we think about as well. It's, it's about the culture of um, what it feels like when you're, when you're at those food, not just as a customer, but as someone who's going to choose to work there and spend a lot of time there. Um, you know, that's, that's something that uh, 
we will never compromise on. Um, and something that, that I think, you know, both Sonny and I will, will always say is our priority and something near and dear to our hearts. Like it's, it's, it's a family, it's the Mosu family. Um, and we're here to take care of our customers. Yeah, absolutely. And so by really investing in your staff and I mean, and you can tell it's very genuine and authentic. It's not a, I mean, it's not a strategy. It's how you operate. It's in your DNA. Uh, that's very clear from listening to you. So, but that translates into a team of people that, Thank you. yeah, oh, it's, yeah, absolutely. Um, you have a, well, like you said, it's a family. And when you have a family, you, you all look out for each other. I mean, I would imagine your, yes. your staff, like, you know, people come and go in the restaurant business turnovers, always there so when you have new people in you probably have a mm-hmm. lot of um your staff is so vested in this that they probably help i would imagine a lot with just managing those folks or self-policing or making sure they're the right fit and things like that as well so it doesn't all fall on you and you and sonny I would oh yes yeah. yeah yes absolutely and we tell our staff all the time that they are our you know cultural ambassadors so to speak like they are the ones who help us um you know continue the the most most culture in the in the environment um and, and you know it's funny when you talk about turnover because of course you know just like any restaurant we've had turnover and um it's always bittersweet when that happens i always get really excited for someone you know personally when they they take the next step and, and move on from us um and go on to do, you know, amazing things. Uh, but we've actually had people sort of leave, do some things, and then uh, come back. And so, you know, that that is a huge compliment and something that uh, we we have a lot of a lot of pride in as well. How? Did, let me ask you this. Um, okay, yep. so I mean, the the folks that work for you, and I know everybody. I mean, they're all very very different, but you, and you've probably got different groups. But do you have some that are there that you know are there? You know, for <laughs> a short time because they're between careers or they're a student at state or, you know, something like that. And they have other plans. Mm -hmm. And then do you also have folks that are there because they're going to be there, you know, and that's, that's where they want to be and that's what they want to do. And and they love being a part of what you're doing for as long as, as long as you are doing it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I definitely have uh, both uh, or people who fall into both groups. Um, and that's, you know, front of house and back of house, actually. Um, but I think that, you know, uh, again, it's just, if we're going to be here, we might as well have a good time and support each other while we are here, you know? And, uh, I think that I, I want to invest and we do invest just as much in, in you as a person um, and as an employee of those who, whether you fall into one category, you know, or another, it, it, you know, while you are here with us, you are Mofu family. And even when you leave, like you are always going to be Mofu family. And it's funny because we have like team outings and events and people who don't work with us anymore on a regular basis still come and hang out with us during our oh, team outings cool. and events. And I sent out the email to like everyone. Um, and it's so funny. People show up. There was once we had a staff member just kind of as a joke show up to our uh, front of house meeting, staff meeting. <laughs> I brought donuts just to come and say hi, despite <laughs> the fact that, you know, he didn't need to be there for the, for the rest of us because he wasn't serving with us anymore. And it was fantastic seeing. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's a good time. It's, um, I know that 
certainly, you know, that's something that all of us right now in Rally struggle with, uh, you know, retention and finding good people. And it's, it's really just because we have so many fantastic restaurants, so many fantastic, oh, you, do. Yeah. Um, you know, establishments around right now that you can, you can go anywhere um, and, and really work with quality people and, and quality concepts and all that. Um, and, you know, one of the things that um, I kind of, it just drives me nuts is um, how a lot of people my age and older in this industry like to gripe about millennials and uh, people younger than millennials. I, I don't actually know what the next generation is called. The ones, I guess, who are younger than millennials. Uh, I don't know, but no, I hear you. No, I hear you. <laughs> um, and then, you know, of course, like some, some people just lump me into the, the category millennial, but, you know, I, I keep, as much as possible, I, I keep saying and, and telling them, um, you know, the people who, who are you know, griping about it. It's like, you know, it's not, there's, there, like, I think that millennials and, and the next generation coming up after them, I think they're the ones who are going to change the world and fix a lot of things that, that need to be fixed around right now. Like, they are a generation that is incredibly, um, I think, resilient. They're incredibly social and they're nimble and, you know, with the way that technology is right now, they are the ones that I see creating just a, a ton of change. And, uh, you know, I think maybe the only thing that our generation or older, like, needs to, um, I guess, pass on is just the concept of patience. Because, mm. And this is their fault because they've grown up in a world where everything's instant because of technology. And I, I think that literally that's, probably the only part of, of the secret sauce, so to speak, that's missing for, for some of them that I see that they're, they're just wanting things so quickly that, um, you know, if we can just mentor them to, to be patient, think about things a little bit longer, work at things a little bit longer, that I think that they will, like I said, be the ones to sort of take what we have now and just improve it beyond measure. Um, and, you know, the, these are the people who are going to be, our customers, you know, in, in now and, and, you know, moving forward, um, I really don't think that there's any point in, in griping about what you think is wrong with the next generation. Rather, we should be, you know, having them as our young mentors, teaching us about everything that they know um, and, and vice versa and, you know, starting the conversation versus just, you know, complaining about them. And front of house, generally speaking, is a little bit younger than, than back of house. Yeah. Um, and like you said, a, a lot of times it is sort of a temporary job. Um, but I see that as, as such a pro uh, or in the pro column, though, because it's just a constant infusion of energy, of, you know, new ideas, of, you know, all these things that, that they can teach us, and it's new people every time who are teaching me new things on a constant basis. Um, you know, I go to them for questions about social media and what platforms we need to put, up, put be on and what sort of value people are looking for in our posts and, and the, the things that we do do um, in, in a social setting, and, and they're constantly teaching me um, about ways to, to tweak things. So, you know, I, I just really think that there's such a value, actually, to, to having a little bit of that turnover um, and listening to, to front of house, uh, that new energy. 
Yeah, that's a great way to put it. It really is. You know, every generation, I think, says that, you know, they worry about the next generation and the next generation <laughs> right. comes along and does something great. And then so I think that's just a that's that's sort of the cycle. But um, I think you have a really healthy and positive uh, and really good way of looking at it, Sophia. I mean, and it's so true. I mean, there is so much to learn and the patience thing is, is challenging and you kind of can't fault mm-hmm. them. I mean, when you cut, when you grow up with, no, you know, that's, right, it's, right. it's, how do you expect that? Um, you know, we, we kind of had to learn patience just because it was just how, how things were or whatever. So things how are a little, work. little different now. And I mean, I have three kids, right. I'm, I'm, I'm right in the smack in the middle of this. So I'm the, yeah. uh, I do learn from them and I do, and we do talk about patience a lot. Uh, but, um, well, that's interesting. I, lo- I love your philosophy on that. I, I, you know, the um, so uh, here you all are. You're just every year into it. Um, mm-hmm. What's uh, what has been what has been the most positive, uh, surprising thing that's happened over the last year? Positive, surprising thing, I think, is um, one how much I've grown really attached to my staff. Okay. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where in the accounting world, um, a lot of people who you meet are sort of all at that same, you know, uh, baseline of, of life and, and life experiences within the restaurant industry. It's just incredible. The diversity in terms of, you know, the, the people that I come in contact with, where they're from, you know, how they they see the world, you know, what their circumstances are. It's just, it is literally just across the board. And our customers are incredibly diverse, too. So I've met just amazing people who have come into the restaurant to eat. Um, and, you know, having that network, having that deep and wide network, um, and getting to meet people of across, like, all, all different um, circumstances has been really eye-opening, very humbling, and uh, I'm incredibly grateful for it. Um, and then the other thing is just I, uh, on a regular basis, I'm, I'm surprised by how much people want to come celebrate with us. And, and like I said, that that's such a compliment. We've had um, two people propose, you know, in the restaurant. We've had countless birthdays, um, countless celebrations, rehearsal dinners, you know, just the fact that somebody wants to come in and uh, have a significant moment of their life in the restaurant is, is something that uh, I I was not expecting and wasn't thinking about when we first opened the restaurant, and it's been so fun. I have gotten probably more nervous than the groom when I know that someone's about oh, to be in the restaurant wanting to make sure that the moment's perfect and, and you know, all of that. So, yeah, it's just... That, that those kinds of things don't happen in a food truck. Um, so it's just it's such a treat. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> and certainly, you know, gosh, um, we talked earlier this week. There's just there's never a dull moment. There's there's <laughs> positive, exciting things happening. There's fires to put out. There's just things happening all the time, which is so I'm just I have to say I'm so fascinated. I have to ask you. OK, so you I want to go back to former accountant Sophia. Um, <laughs> yes. Is, is that, this is a little bit deeper question here. So, so, uh, uh, bear with me, but did you go to, like, did you come up with a strong educational background, go through college and kind of have a, a career track in mind? Is that how you wound up there or how did you wind up there? And, and then 
do you feel like you understand a lot more about yourself now that you left that and are doing what you're mm-hmm. doing? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So, um, absolutely, you know, especially being one and only child and mm. two, you know, uh, the only child of immigrants, um, certainly growing up, education was the only thing that, that mattered. You yeah. know, I, I did a lot of extracurriculars, but ultimately it was go to school, get a good job, um, and, and have a good life. And, you know, my parents came to this country with two suitcases. Hmm. That's it. You know, not knowing anybody, not knowing the language and, and figuring it out as, as they went. And for them, you know, having a good job that has benefits and enough money in the bank, that's security. Right. Because, you know, if something ever happened, you don't have family around that you can fall back on. The only thing that can help you out of a pickle is having a little bit saved up and having a rainy day fund, you know? So yeah. that was what was ingrained um, in me from a, from a young age. And, you know, it, it's such a luxury that uh, I got to go to school. Um, and just like everybody else, uh, or a, a lot of people, I thought I was going, you know, the, the medical route. Um, I interned actually in a hospital one summer in Dallas, Texas. I worked in a cardiac cath lab. Um, I, I, you know, I've had many lives, but uh, that summer I shaved the groin, chest, and back of every single person who came through the cath lab oh my uh, before their procedures. So uh, I, I just decided after that summer and, and seeing the medical world firsthand that um, while I was very interested in it and, it and it was great, I just could not compartmentalize well enough that I, I thought I would be a great doctor, you know. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I definitely think that going to med school would be fine, but I don't know if I could practice on a daily basis and not take my work home with me because I was just, you know, stressed and worried about the patients who came in already at that point. Um, and I was like, well... I don't know what else I want to do. I had a, uh, you know, a, a little bit. I had, a, I guess, two more years in school at that point. So I applied to the business school um, because I thought, well, this is something I know nothing about. Um, you know, everything that I've done up until now was medically and, and science related. I was like, I want to learn something new while I can. You know, the, the business school will be will be great for that. So went into the business school, had a great two years, and. Uh, you know, accounting as a as a master's degree uh, came up right, right at the end of that because, you know, job security placement was great. And uh, honestly, it was a very fast master's degree as well. It was uh, nine months. And so I thought, well, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's get a master's degree um, and let's figure things out from there. So did that. And, um, you know, PwC was a fantastic experience. That was the, the firm that I worked for. Um, I have I have never met more intelligent, more hardworking, uh, more fun people than, than when I worked at the firm for, I guess, two and a half years. Um, but I just didn't love the work enough. So really when I started the food truck, I don't think I still quite realized what would come of that. It was just a, well, I don't want to do this anymore. I've switched what I've been doing so many times, you know, let's, let's just switch again. Uh, I was young and, uh, you know, single without children at the time. So it was just a, let's do this for a couple of years and, and see what happens. Um, but through that experience, through the show and now through the restaurant, I think that maybe, uh, you know, knowing yourself is 
I don't know if I know myself any better. Um, I think I've always sort of known who I was in terms of those lines in the sand and uh, yeah. what I value. Okay. But I, I will say that the confidence that comes from knowing that I can solve all of these problems because I've solved them through these past yeah. couple of experiences, these past five years, that has been probably the most freeing and enlightening and, and wonderful thing. And I, I think about that all the time because that's another thing that I see um, people who haven't gone through those experiences and maybe are a little bit younger, they don't have that confidence because they haven't made it through you know, these, these uh, sort of challenging circumstances yet. Um, and I think all the time about how can, how can we transfer a little bit of that confidence that, like, you can do this, you just have to start. How do I transfer that to someone who, who sort of hasn't been through the fire and is just, uh, you know, nervous to take that first step? Um, so, I mean, that, that really, I think, you know, personally has been the, the biggest difference. Um, just, just having that confidence of knowing whatever problem may come, I, I can figure out how to handle it or figure out how to find people who are going to help me handle it. Um, and, you know, I, I think part of my philosophy now is uh, if it's a problem that can be solved, A, with money, B, in a short amount of time, or C, on my own, it's not a real problem. Um, and it's, that's great perspective, <laughs> sort of that, that uh, prior Sophia didn't didn't have. Gotcha. Okay, that's great. I love it. I absolutely love that. That's a really interesting way to look at it. I, you know, I uh, the reason I asked that question is because I just the um, you know I think the education system more and more is is channeling people mm. into a certain career path, and maybe some of them fortunately realize that's not right and they do something different like you and it works out really well and then there's people and I say this just knowing knowing people that you know that I know that kind of you know get to a point in life where they go you know this this isn't really what I want but now it's kind of too late right you know I'm married I have kids or whatever and it's a it's a tough thing so I I kind of went through that myself and that's why I related a little bit I started out in in, you know corporate America at at Nations Bank and uh (laughs) Uh, realized, yeah. you know, after a few years. I oof. will say, yeah, right? Like, you know, realizing it sort of later on, I think, is a little bit of a, of a oof, perhaps, than, than realizing it two and a half years in. Um, yeah. And I, I would agree with you that sort of the, the education system is still that way. Um, and I think it, it, it in a lot of ways it has to be that way because for the people who do continue on to academia and, you know, science and all those other, other um things uh and the noble profession i i like you have to have yep. that uh k through 12 system there um although you know I'm, I'm sure there there are academics who would argue with me over that but you know i i think that that being there and having that foundation was still fantastic um for me and uh and for sunny but what's beautiful about things now, and you know, like we talked about technology and social media now, is that being an entrepreneur is all of a sudden cool. Well, maybe not all of a sudden, but it, it's cool now. And, and people, um, our generation and younger, like we, we switch jobs, what above average. I think last time I looked up statistics, like seven times, you'll change jobs or careers in yeah, your right. lifetime. It, it's, there's not that stigma. I guess at least anymore, everyone celebrates, um, you know, an entrepreneur who, who leaves and, and is successful. Um, 
you know, Schedule Fly being being one of the other companies that I think about. Um, that that I, I think it's five of you guys, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, running it and, and becoming as great and successful. And I, I love the way that you guys stay true to who you are um, and don't sort of, you know, go in and do superflu- superfluous things um, that your customers aren't, aren't looking for. And I, I, I appreciate that. Um, but it's just, you know, I, like I said, I think social media, I think that um, the inspirational stuff that like you can find online about, you know, stepping outside of that traditional role or that traditional mold that you can find just opening up Instagram or Facebook or watching a couple of YouTube videos of like yes. serial entrepreneurs yes. out there. Yep. There's definitely a little bit more of that. Uh, celebration of that. So I, I think it's easier now, actually, than, than it was back in the day to, to make that jump. Well, it, it really is. And, um, it bother, and thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that because that's so important to us, uh, that, that narrative that you just suggested. I'm glad it translates to our, our audience. Absolutely. Well, um, the, yeah, you know, the, um, it is good to see that. And I think, I think people are less and less buying into, you know, I think the younger generations are less and less buying into, uh, <laughs> that sort of narrow path. I like, I listen the K through 12. like, it's, it's, it's absolutely incredibly important. We're, <laughs> we're investing a lot in our kids education and we, you know, we want them to work absolutely. hard and learn. And, but I think now, hopefully there's more, like you said, I mean, and you're an example of it, people that are doing things that are not as, you know, sort of straight through the, okay, now I went to college. Now I got my master's. Now I'm going to count it. Now I'm going to, yep. You know, I'm going to get married. I'm going to have kids. I'm going to have a house. I'm going to retire. I'm going to have a pension. You know, all that kind of stuff. That that's changed, and I, I think that's you know that worked for some time. But I think it's good now that there's so many people doing so many things and uh, that they enjoy, and they're able to find a good balance of both the 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 monetary success, but as well as the life fulfillment and life balance, and not you know feeling like they have to slave away for 50 years until they can, you know, hand in their you know, sure. retirement and then, and then enjoy life. Like you, you can Absolutely. actually do that doing what you do for, you know, for starting early in life and, and, uh, not to say you don't have to work hard, you do, but, but certainly, um, finding maybe a little bit more of the, the balance and the joy of, of actually doing the work and, and the fulfillment in the work itself. Um, I think maybe more and more people are starting to realize that because of examples, uh, of people mm-hmm. like you, Sophia. So. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's about finding work that you love versus having a job, right? Like yes, that's, that's, that's right. That's right. You nailed it. Um, okay, listen, I think I told you I'd taught you like 20 or 30 minutes. It's been of almost 45, so I'm going to let you roll. I mean, I could literally talk to you all day, but I do respect your time. And, um, I, but I appreciate this. I know everybody listening will appreciate this and learn a ton from you. And I definitely will, uh, be in that area Monday and, uh, try to pop in and see you. And, uh, but, but thank you so much. I, I just, you're inspiring Absolutely. and you're such a joy to talk to and, it's very uplifting hearing your story and the way you go about running your business and, and just really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Absolutely. Thank you for chatting with me. I enjoyed it as well. And, and thank you for everything that you do at schedule fly. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Sophia, have a good one. Y'all have a great weekend and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll see you Monday. See you Monday. Thanks. Will. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.